Welcome to this APTA podcast. I'm Michelle Vanderhoff. Thanks for joining us for our regular roundup of what's going on in physical therapy practice, as well as the latest developments in research. There's new information coming out every day on a wide variety of topics, and it can be a lot to take in. We've asked a panel of APTA staff physical therapists to offer their quick takes on what we might have missed, what's getting a lot of attention at APTA right now, and what to keep an eye on in the future. Joining me today are Hadia Green-Guerrero, APTA Senior Practice Specialist, Heidi Kosakowski, Senior Practice Specialist, and Anita Bemis-Doherty, APTA's Vice President of Practice. Welcome, thanks for being here today. Glad to be here, thanks for having us, Michelle. Let's start off with a look back at what's been published by APTA in the past month or so. Articles, news stories, and any other content on APTA.org. I'll ask each of you for your short list of must-reads or must-listens in the case of podcasts. Nadia, I'll start off with you. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff coming out on physical therapists in emergency care, and that includes both their roles in emergency care, but also being instrumental in starting and um, creating emergency departments in different settings. So I definitely would encourage our members and onlookers to take a look at our website. We have a webpage specifically designated for physical therapy in the emergency department. We also have published a position statement on supporting the support of emergency physical therapist practice, um, which is a position statement on behalf of emergency physical therapist practice, which includes patient and situation management, coordination of care among multiple providers, referral management and patient disposition recommendations. And finally, I would say to take a look and listen for the podcast that was released this summer with three of our authors of the physical therapy department toolkit who are also participating in an upcoming resource that we'll talk about a little later. Great, thank you. Thank you. Um, Anita, what's your top pick? So thank you, Michelle. There was one little nugget from a story, uh, or actually it was a study in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. The researchers found that intensive physical therapy-based prehabilitation provided by the way of telehealth three weeks prior to surgery for bilateral total knee arthroplasty led to better post-surgical outcomes in muscle strength, range of motion, and functional status among women 65 and older compared, and they compared with both a control group that received usual care and a third group that received a prehab patient education program. And this provides even more justification for the use of telehealth and physical therapy. And in case you missed it, APTA developed a clinical practice guideline on physical therapist management of total knee arthroplasty in 2020. And that outlines various recommendations based on a systematic review of the literature. Similar to the study I just cited, one of the recommendations in the clinical practice guideline stated that physical therapists should design preoperative exercise programs 
and teach patients undergoing total knee arthroplasty to implement strengthening and flexibility exercises. And that recommendation had very high evidence quality and the recommendation strength was moderate. You can find that total knee arthroplasty CPG on APTA.org under patient care and evidence-based content. Thanks, and just to note for readers, uh, you can also view a story about the study uh, Anita referenced on pre-op telerehab uh, at our website in the news area. Uh, Heidi, what about you? What are your selections for this month? Thank you, Michelle. There's two things that I think um, are interesting and important to highlight. The first one is the APTA Knowledge Translation Workshop, which is now available in the Learning Center. And this was the first ever workshop featuring invited speakers who presented on CPG dissemination and implementation and included interesting topics such as leveraging social media to share research findings, international dissemination and implementation opportunities, pocket guides, recommendation mapping. We heard from experiences uh, from the UK and funding opportunities from CoStar and Learn Institute. There were also great examples from the academies of neurologic, pediatric, and orthopedic PT on what they're doing at the organizational level to support knowledge translation. So like I said, this workshop um, is available in the Learning Center. It was around four hours and it's free to APTA members. So the other thing that I think um, is important to highlight that came out this month was a um, perspective piece called Five Ways CDC Guidance Shows How PT is Leading the Way in Post-COVID-19. So this was a perspective piece in response to the CDC's guidance that came out in June 2021, nearly nine months after the APTA Cross-Academy Section COVID-19 Core Outcomes Measures Task Force released their guidance document and accompanying um, algorithm for both adult and pediatric populations. It was written by APT members Rebecca Martin and Hilary Terhoon and really highlights the similarities and the differences between the CDC's guidance and the APTA cross-section task force recommendations. It was great to see the thoughtfulness and careful consideration by the task force about the things like cost and space needed to perform the outcome measures and it was also great to know that the PT profession was really leading the way on this. There's also a podcast on the outcome measures and it included information on the World Physiotherapy Briefing Paper on Safe Guidelines for Rehabilitation in Long COVID. Uh, you can find the links to the podcast and perspective piece as well as a wealth of information on the APTA coronavirus resource page. Thanks, Heidi. There's obviously a lot of stuff going on. Um, Anita, COVID-19, continues to be such a pressing topic for our members. Um, what else does APTA have going on in this area? So thank you, Michelle. Within the past month, with the increasing cases of the COVID Delta variant, there was quite a bit of discussion surrounding COVID vaccines and whether they should be mandatory for healthcare professionals. To that end, APTA AOTA, which is the Occupational Therapy Association, and ASHA, the Speech-Language Hearing Association, came together to release a joint statement calling for our members and professionals to lead the way in adhering to public health practices and guidance on vaccinations and masking. 
and that is to mitigate the recent surge in COVID-19 infections. The statement strongly encourages, recommends, and supports all healthcare professionals to obtain full vaccination status and to educate our peers, patients, and the public on the need for vaccinations to address the public health challenges associated with COVID-19. We also support masking and other mitigation strategies in all public indoor settings. Our associations believe it is a professional responsibility to promote standards that are critical to protecting your health, safety, and the welfare of our patients, peers, practitioners, and the general public. And you can read more about this on APTA.org. Along the same lines, APTA Magazine published an article about the long-term view of the profession following the COVID pandemic. The profession had to react quickly to change the way we practiced in light of the pandemic. This included more stringent safety and cleaning protocols, increased use of personal protective equipment or PPE, and use of telehealth, but it also brought to light the value of physical therapy and how physical therapy is an essential provider of care, not only for patients with acute needs, but for those individuals with post-COVID symptoms, including fatigue, weakness, decreased function, and brain fog. So some takeaways were that in the acute care area, physical therapist intervention in conjunction with consistent hospital mobility programs can improve patient outcomes, reduce negative outcomes or unanticipated negative patient events, and improve hospital throughput. Secondly, regardless of the state of emergency, the growth of telerehabilitation should continue as a method to increase access to rehabilitation practice for those in rural and underserved areas. Thirdly, the pandemic's glaring statistics of how it affected underserved communities and people of lower socioeconomic status brought America to the stark reality that healthcare policy needs to change to be more inclusive of all people. Fourth, the importance of physical therapists to understand, screen, and manage individuals who have long-term symptoms of COVID and that the symptoms of long COVID can affect anyone who has had COVID-19. Lastly, with academia, the lessons learned have provided an opportunity to look at providing physical therapy education in different ways, such as hybrid learning, providing pro bono services to members of the communities and incorporate the clinical lessons learned from the pandemic. Thanks everyone. And just as a reminder, all of these resources and articles are available at apta.org. And don't forget that every Wednesday we send out an all member email that collects a week's worth of content as well as member perspectives, the latest from PTJ, our research journal and upcoming events. We'll be back after a quick break to talk about a new resource to watch out for. And now for a quick break. Let's cap off our centennial year by joining APTA, association components, and individual members in a special 100 Days of Service initiative. Coming this September, join us from wherever you are to participate in 100 Days of Service, an APTA initiative aimed at highlighting a value built into the profession's DNA, 
commitment to communities. To learn more, visit centennial.apta.org. And now let's return to the show. So now looking ahead, what are some things APTA is working on that members should be watching out for, Heidi? There's a couple things um, coming our way that um, I really think people should be looking out for. One is the clinical practice guideline on the physical therapist management of Parkinson's disease. It'll be published in PTJ in the coming month or so. It was developed by an amazing group of PT, clinical and research experts, a neurologist, and with input from patients. And it's a large CPG based on systematic review of almost 250 articles, which is a very large number of articles. There are recommendations on different interventions and delivery methods. A Spanish version of the CPG will also be published along with a CPG plus and a pocket guide by Guideline Central. There's also a knowledge translation task force underway led by the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. So expect to see some more implementation tools and resources to come out over the next year. Another upcoming event to look out for is World PT Day on September 8th. So September 8th was the day that the World Physiotherapy, formerly WCPT or World Confederation for Physical Therapy was founded in 1951. The ABTA was one of the founding members. So many um, PT associations have national PT days. For example, we have PT month in the US. However, for associations that don't have a designated day, they're invited to celebrate the profession on September 8th. Each year, a theme is chosen to represent global PT issues. And this year, the theme is long COVID, which is very relevant around the world as PTs are seeing patients with it and working to meet their needs. You can go to the World Physiotherapy website and find a toolkit and other great resources on it. Thank you. Uh, Hadia, what about you? Thanks, Michelle. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. So I mentioned the emergency department, our emergency care toolkit. We are in the process with the subject matter experts of revising that toolkit, as well as the complimentary PowerPoint presentation that physical therapists can use inside of their own institutions for leadership purposes and showing them what it could look like and substantiating why physical therapists and other team members should be incorporated as part of the team of emergency care. We are also developing a four-part series on mental health and the roles of physical therapists and physical therapy assistants as well as preparing for an Instagram takeover and an update to our website on mental health. We are expecting before the, by the end of the year, a complimentary manual to also be published that would assist in the completion and understanding of the annual physical therapy visit. This manual is specific to the aging populations, but it's plausible that we might see other um, similar things of that nature coming up. So those are just a couple of the things to look forward to. As you can see, we're working hard to help you deliver the best evidence-informed patient care. In addition to our weekly email blasts, we offer podcasts, APTA live events, webinars, and other resources to help you stay informed. And if you want to tune into all the activity going on in practice uh, in re relative to physical therapy, 
sign up for our Friday Focus monthly collection of practice-related articles and resources delivered direct to your inbox, all for free. Just search for email preferences in the search bar at APTA.org and sign up. It's pretty easy. Thank you, Hadia, Heidi, and Anita for taking the time to talk today. As a final reminder, be sure to visit APTA.org where you'll find resources on all of the topics we talked about today and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at APTA Tweets. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Michelle Vanderhoff. Thanks for listening.